Welcome to What Would Ani Say podcast, where three Ani share the challenges, joys, and everything in between growing up as Korean females in Canada with the hope to connect and empower the next generation of Korean-Canadian female leaders. Hosted by TK, Yuna Lee, and Ellie Hong. Hi everyone. So for this episode eight, the Unnies will be talking about the five different imposter types. So we Unnies actually took a test to find out which imposter type um, and syndrome that we have specifically. And we are going to reflect on if this type best represents each one of us and discuss this. Um, so the topics that we discuss in this episode are for our reflection only. We just want our listeners to know that the contents of this podcast are focused on sharing our personal experiences and learnings of imposter syndrome. So while we're enthusiastic about this topic and strive to present an educated perspective, we want to acknowledge that we do not have formal training on this topic and therefore this is certainly not an expert opinion of the subject matter. So the contents of this podcast are strictly of our own views. So before we get started, I thought it'd be a great idea just to provide a summary of the five different imposter types that exist for our listeners. So the first one is the perfectionistic imposter type. Perfectionistic imposters often set impossibly high standards for themselves that they often can't reach, and they feel quite inadequate if they can't achieve every goal or excel at every skill or check off every task. Then there's a second type of imposter type, which is the superwoman. So this type of individual sets super high expectations that they need to measure up. And this these expectations can include taking on too much responsibility, work obligations, and family tasks. I kind of think of that superwoman as someone who's like juggling, tapping their head and rubbing their stomach all at the same time. And eventually one of those <laughs> balls will drop. <laughs> and... <laughs> Exactly. Uh, the third what one is the expert type. So experts believe that before they begin anything, they need to know everything going in. So they continuously seek new certifications, informations, or training throughout their lives to improve their competency. And then the fourth type is a natural genius. So natural geniuses believe that their self-worth is tied to how naturally they pick up a skill. And they often view themselves as an imposter if skills do not come easily to them or if they have to exert more effort to be proficient. And the last type of imposter is the soloist. And the soloist often thinks that they have to accomplish tasks all by themselves. So they view themselves as failures or frauds if they ask for assistance. So that being said, and now that you guys know a little bit more about the five different imposter types, uh, so we all took this test um, that kind of told us what imposter type we both, we all were. So Yuna, when you took the test, what kind of imposter syndrome were you? And do you agree with it? And how do you think you will move forward knowing this information now? Well, the test was really interesting. Um, I did not expect to get this answer. Um, but based on the test, I was typed as the soloist and where the soloist feels like they must always com accomplish their tasks independently. So the soloists view themselves as failures or frauds um, from the imposter view if they have to ask for help. And apparently they believe that they can achieve anything and everything alone without the help from others, which is a very um, toxic belief. Um, <laughs> and it makes it a lot harder to achieve things if you are trying to do everything yourself. 
Um, but for these types of imposters, I learned that asking for help can equate to feelings of shame, embarrassment, or incompetence. And soloists value above all their sense of worth by their level of, of autonomy and independence. independence. Um, so how I resonated with this description uh, of being the type of imposter, I resonated a bit with like um, valuing their sense of like autonomy and independence a lot. I think that is definitely one of the things that are high on my like list of values. Um, and I do struggle to ask for help. And I think I do feel shame in asking for help, but not necessarily because then I feel like um, I can't do it on my own. But I think often I just feel like I don't know, for some reason, I think I always feel like I'm bothering people and like that people are going to get annoyed that I'm asking for help. So it's a little bit of like that factor um, on top of or, you know, like that flavor of the soloist <laughs> is, I think, what I am. And then when I actually read the descriptions, um, there was a series of questions that um, you could ask to see if you actually fit into this type. And there was a second type that I didn't test for. So like my test didn't reveal I was this type. Um, but when I read the description and the questions, I felt like it fit me more. Um, so the second type that I want to speak to is the natural genius. <laughs> um, and I just, I don't know, I just kind of laugh out loud when I read the descriptions and the questions to this thing because it just sounds really absurd when you actually read it. Um, so the questions that were listed were things like, are you used to excelling without much effort? Do you have a track record of getting straight A's or gold stars in everything you do? Were you told frequently as a child that you were the smart one in your family or peer group? Oh groups? my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> do you dislike the idea of having a mentor? Interesting, because we did an episode on mentorship. I know. Interesting. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah, because you can handle things on your own. When you're faced with a setback, does your confidence tumble because not performing well provokes a feeling of shame? And I thought that question was like 100% me. Yes. Anytime yes. I meet an mm. obstacle, then I'm like, oh my God, I suck at this. I can't do it. The question's tied to the, yeah, the question's tied to the soloist. Because yeah. they were saying, like, if you ask for help, then you feel extreme shame right. because, like, you don't know the answer. Right. Okay. So I think each of these types are, like, not, you know, independent of each other. I think they have, like, overlaps mm. and maybe some of them, like, you know, overlap with others depending on the person. But, yeah, definitely this type resonated with me a lot more strongly. Maybe it's something that is a little bit more, like, you know, deep deeper rooted or um like maybe brought on like at a younger phase in my life so now that we've kind of uh, i've kind of like you know gone on about how these types resonate with me maybe i can share some of the strategies that i found um not through like my own experience but by like researching this um to overcome like these types of uh, imposter syndrome. So for a soloist, um, the tip that I got was that just to be aware that there's no shame in asking for help when you need it. And if you don't know how to do something, then ask someone. So when I came across this tip, I was like, okay, that's just easier said than done. <laughs> like, I know. It's like, 
It's like I have to feel or put away the feeling of shame. Right. It's like, <laughs> which is probably the hardest. Yeah, for you. it's just like Nike. You know, like just do it. Just ask for help because <laughs> so you don't simple. Like to. Wow. <laughs> um, but I think it um, it it is helpful to think about it like in a way. For me, it was helpful to think about it in terms of like results. So a result that I can achieve on my own um, is micro. There's only so much that mm. one person can do. But if I pull the resources together and ask for help and get more people to work on the same thing, um, then I can get greater results and potentially like greater impact, like etc. So that was, I think, a helpful perspective for me in thinking about overcoming the soloist uh, mindset. And for the natural genius um, syndrome, um, basically the articles that I was reading was pointing to like, you know, have a growth mindset. Try to see yourself as a work in progress. When you come across a setback, then think of it as an opportunity to learn. Um, and that just a reminder that anything that is big, just like, you know, from the soloist perspective, it's like more people being, um, giving their input, like equals to like greater, um, like results, but also like putting more time and effort into things also produces greater results as well. So that's kind of like how I think I will proceed knowing, um, <laughs> knowing what I've learned here. Um, I feel like the strategies that you mentioned are like more mindset reminders yes. than like, go do yes, this. Like tips. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not going to go away. So yeah. daily reminder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, it starts with awareness, right? Because mm -hmm. if you're aware of these tendencies and um, that awareness is that first step to just be aware of like when you're doing that and uh, lean into it a bit more. And then who knows, like there might be some some instances where you might actually ask for help because you just become more aware of it. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And yeah, what about you, TK? What um, what type have you tested as? Um, as you girls know, I love tests. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anything to do with personality, what's wrong with me, what is good with me, <laughs> any test, I'm like, I'm down. So when you sent me the link, I was like, I'm down. Let's the rabbit hole of self-discovery, right? Yeah. yeah, it's like self-discovery, let's go. Yeah. Um, so I, before I took the test, I think I talked about it in other episodes where I think I'm a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. And then I talked about like some of the examples growing up. So I was like, for sure, I'm going to get the perfectionist. Mm -hmm. So I kind of went into the quiz knowing, almost assuming, like, for sure, 100%, it's going to be the perfectionist. <laughs> and I actually thought you would get perfectionist, TK, because, like, when we would talk, I was like, so many parallels, like, in terms of our perfectionist. Oh, like, spoiler tendency. alert, spoiler alert. <laughs> ooh, ooh, yes. <laughs> Um, but when I took the test, I got the superhuman imposter syndrome or the superwoman imposter syndrome type. And basically, um, I know Ellie, you kind of provided like a brief summary of what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, they believe that success is defined by the ability to juggle multiple roles very well. So touching my head, you know, rubbing my belly and probably juggling something with my feet. 
Um, so they believe that competence is not just about doing this perfectly, but it's about doing all the things perfectly at the same time. Oh my god! So if you're so truly tiring. competent, <laughs> so much pressure. Yeah, you would be effortlessly balancing work, school, friends, family, recreation, household tasks, everything with a calm demeanor and a smile on your face. Um, and then dropping the balls, you know, they confirm your deepest fear that you're indeed a fraud. Um, and even when you manage to juggle all the balls with some daggers and flaming pins thrown at you, uh, you don't really feel good about it, apparently. And then you think instead you could be doing more and better things um, and should feel like less stress doing and juggling all of those things at the same time. So that's what I got. <laughs> Um, when I read, well, first of all, like when I got the superhuman imposter syndrome type, I was like, I didn't get the perfectionist. I was like, oh my God, like I'm a fraud. <laughs> it's just like, I'm actually a perfectionist. Like, why is this? I'm like, what like? do you mean? <laughs> yeah. And then I started reading the description and I was like, that's actually so true because a lot of people say even at work or personal life wise, um, you know, something like around me might be burning, whatever. <laughs> and then everyone's like, you're so cool, calm and collected. I feel like even if like something like shit hits the fan, like you're so calm and you just kind of gracefully overcome it. But it's like, I don't know, like it just, I, I, I resonate with the description. Let's just say that. I wonder, TK, um, on the inside, while you're doing these things in a calm, cool, collected manner, how do you feel? That's a good question. I... Is it weird if I say I don't know? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think it's weird, but I think it's interesting. Yeah, because I thought it would always be like a duck, like calm on the outside, but like really like furious feet on underwater, like very frantic. But that's not how you feel. Yeah, I think I'm just trying to rationally think about the next steps mm. and like contingency tasks. Mm. Like if so if something happened, then I'm like, OK, so like what are the next steps to get clarity mm. or to move forward to minimize the damage? Oh. <laughs> and then so I think about it that way. And then I also think about what else could possibly go wrong at this point mm. right so you're risk mitigating and also thinking about like what are the next steps moving forward yeah Very so strategic. like if i'm yeah so like if i'm talking to somebody who's freaking out then i'll be like okay so the the summary of like what's happening is this i think for the next steps we should be okay if we do the following and it'll be like bullet points mm. and then who's owning what and then let's regroup and then i'll book something usually like on a work setting mm. as i'm like talking through it um, that's kind of how I think about it. So I guess it's like pedaling underwater, mm. um, like trying to think of like all these things to think about and action against. But I guess like via email or like how I talk to people, I just come across as like very calm. Wow. But I guess that's not the case. <laughs> You're actually superhuman, TK. It's not an imposter. I am not. Oh my God. You are the true superwoman. You're the actual superhuman. No. Time to bust open your shirt with an S <laughs> under it. S on my chest. Yes. I can fly too, guys. 18 plus. 18 plus. I knew it. You guys just didn't I knew know. It. <laughs> um, but I do agree. You guys probably, um, maybe, well, I talked to you guys about it. Like, I am very. Um, 
I think and strategize the way I want to communicate to people. And I think I told you girls like over dinner and stuff multiple times, Mm -hmm. like it just like the way that I don't want to hurt other people's feelings. But I think there are always tactful ways that you can approach a situation, whether it's personal or for work. So I think I try to bring that mindset to juggle everything in my life. So I do resonate with a description Mm -hmm. because if I didn't care about that, then I feel like I would be more like raw in terms of what I bring to the table but I feel like I'm always so like try to put like a bow on everything you know what I mean so um I only open up probably just to my family like the real side of who I am but I think everything else I'm pretty like try to be more collected I guess don't know if it's good or bad but anyways (laughs) um I think when I was looking for strategies online on how to deal with this specific type of imposter syndrome, it was the same thing. It was more so like drive awareness and like more of like a daily reminder for your mindset versus like actual things that you can go do. Um, So from like the resources that I found, they were saying, you know, start training yourself to steer away from like external validation um, and like just basically have a reminder that like you're not like a super human being like if something drops um or something like slips through the crack it just it's okay like you just have to pick up the pieces later on um so it was just more so like a reminder thing but i didn't really find any like actionable items then what I already know. I feel like, you know, you probably knew how to address like your type of imposter syndrome probably without looking for resources. It was just probably like subconsciously, you just kind of knew it was like a reminder. Yeah, I think it's kind of like in theory, it all sounds good and it makes sense and I should be able to do it. But that almost like stirs up another kind of imposter in me where it's like, I I can't do it all the time. Like, like I failed this rabbit to do this hole. again. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it is helpful to kind of like, I think, be exposed to these things because I do believe like your perspectives are made of like, you know, thoughts that like repeat in your head. So like more you're kind of around these thoughts of like, oh, like what about this or like different um, like perspectives, kind of like your blind spots. Then I think your sphere like gradually changes. And I do think like that can have an effect um over time so that's just personally what i like like to believe yeah i think it's just Mm -hmm. shedding a light maybe on blind spots or something that you didn't realize was even something you could describe right something you did and just like talking about it and reading about it i was like oh yeah i do that but without really reflecting it's sometimes you don't really you're not really aware that you're actually doing it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And in a way, I think more than anything, um, it was very validating to like read these descriptions and be like, oh, like I feel like this, but like this is actually like a thing where like, you know, like people that test for these things, like, you know, Mm. probably like thousands of, I don't know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. I don't know the scale at this point, but a lot of people probably test the same way. And, yeah. like, they all feel like this, like, sometimes. Um, it normalizes it a bit, yeah, right? So on the inside. just know, kind of cre- creates, like, a uh, belonging effect. Yeah. You're like, I belong with the <laughs> imposters in this category. 
Yeah, it's like I'm not alone. <laughs> the imposter tribes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that the crew gathered your the people. <laughs> Except but, I don't know if I want to be with a bunch of people with my imposter type. <laughs> I was like we we'd be so critical of each other. <laughs> But you did this wrong. You did oh this wrong. God. This is not good. <laughs> yeah. But You're all Ellie. Flawed. <laughs> Ellie, which, when you took the test, like, which one did you get? Uh, so mine was, like, right in line with what I expected. <laughs> surprise, surprise. I was a perfectionistic imposter. So someone who has laser focus on one thing, getting things done flawlessly. So definitely have struggled with this like throughout my whole life. Um, but I guess um, the description of like a perfectionistic imposter is someone who actually really engages in like black and white thinking. And I actually did this so much in my life. Like I would be like, it's either perfect or it's like nothing. Like I would just scrap things. Like even though it was like maybe like 70% good, I would just be like, yeah, no, it's not good enough. So ditch it and I actually was even looking at a video recording <laughs> I did or I try to make for like my work um, to talk about like what pelvic floor physio is and I did like a hundred takes to oh my for god this, yeah like a hundred takes I like literally was oh like I just so many takes for this like short little video they were gonna put on social media like it wasn't even a big thing but I wanted it to be so perfect and like it was like the smallest things that would make me throw it out like oh like I breathed wrong or like my expression looked weird like it was it was probably something that like if someone was watching it would never notice and but I noticed so I was like no I have to do it again so I remember it took me like I don't know like two hours to like finally find what I thought was like perfect enough but like it literally if I wasn't so perfectionistic I think it would have taken me like 15 minutes to do the recording so wow. it's just something I thought I would throw in there um and then um this whole idea of like it's better off doing it myself like everything's better off if I do it kind of thing and I totally do that still like definitely like working as a physio like I book out all my clients out like I try to do as much on myself even though I should be delegating to the admin but it's like you know I just feel like I could do it better so <laughs> I end up taking on way more load uh, than I should rather than delegate mm-hmm. um, and then like feeling of shame if it's not perfect so if any like issues or if there's something that goes wrong with my with my work I feel a huge amount of shame and I really beat myself over up over this and I end up in this cycle of where I just like eat ice cream and watch dramas to make myself feel better I'll <laughs> I do join less you. of that now I'll yes. join you there <laughs> but that's how I tend to like um, the shame I feel for my perfectionistic tendencies and I realize I used to do that um and then like the last thing is like perfectionistic people tend to rarely feel pride or satisfaction even when they do things well and I think this is really true I think I like rarely feel like a sense of pride it's I always feel like I'm constantly having to like climb a mountain and I'm climbing that hill and I never like reach the top and if I do like reach the top I feel like I create another hill so I never Mm. feel like I'm ever satisfied with like where I'm at and I think that's that ties into that perfectionistic kind of tendency so I mean I did some research on (laughs) things that would help me which I think I could use and uh, some of the things that came up was like you know adjusting your standards it's like that whole idea like reality minus expectations is like satisfaction but a part of me is like I like having high expectations I don't want to have I don't want to produce mediocre work so this is the perfection yeah so while I was reading that I was like well why do I want to not excel in my life like I don't know if I want to 
adjust my expectations. I want to make sure I level up my life. I don't want to level down. It's so like the perfectionist thing you're rebelling. Just yeah. like, no, no, this is not happening. I'm not exactly. going to go away. So I read it, but I don't know if I like fully absorbed it and like, you know, really going to take that one home. But I understand the principle behind it. And the other thing that they suggested was like doing like checklists. So like I do this actually a lot, which has helped. So this is a strategy I've used. I have a whiteboard on my fridge and I do like little checklists and actually makes me feel like I've actually done something well when I checklist it and I break it down into small components rather than me feeling like I have to do all these things perfectly. It's like one tiny thing and that's like more doable. Um, And then like breaking the cycle of rumination. So like definitely identifying triggers that allow me to go or that perpetuate perfectionistic tendencies so using distraction techniques or um kind of like when i react to things uh, like oh it's not perfect like maybe like questioning you know the the rate of diminishing returns like you know how much like that video example like i spent an extra hour and 45 minutes creating this video like did that actually add more value like it probably didn't it was probably like marginal more value because it still was the same content but it was just my ego getting in the way so i think just like questioning those things (laughs) a little bit more um and definitely getting perspective was one of the things um so i i've definitely been trying to do this more so asking friends opinions or like you know uh your partner's opinion just being like you know am i being too perfectionistic here and then them just telling you yeah you are or like something <laughs> like that like and i'm like okay okay so it's just like it just kind of like brings you down to ground and like helps you get perspective mm-hmm. and like monitoring progress so like journaling i think is something i think i should do more of i don't do enough of i always say i should journal more but i feel like journaling like my accomplishments or something like that just so i can feel more pride and less shame um throughout my week is something that I think I should do but I haven't yet done as much as I would want to um and uh yeah so I think those are those are some things I found were some strategies that I've tried or ones that I was like I don't know if I want to try this or ones that um I have yet to try like like the journaling I think a little bit more of like my accomplishments but I think overall I mean again to what you guys were saying like I think it was just very normalizing for me to read this and I was like yeah that that's me and there's other people like me I'm sure out there Yeah, and I just wanted to mention, like, when you were kind of, like, mentioning those strategies, um, like, a couple of them, like, resonated with me um, Mm. in two different directions. Like, journaling is one that I utilize a lot. Yeah, and and I admire you for it because I was like, I need to journal like you know. (laughs) I'm just super, like, I'm just super, like, you know, I like being in my own space. I like, like, doing my own thing. So I think that's just, like, a good fit for like the type of person that I am and I like to write it's like I don't know it's like enjoyable for me for some weird reason I don't know um but like definitely like I have journaling prompts so like in the morning because I have limited time and like I want to kind of like set my day off in a certain way I do have like journaling prompts that I picked up from like different like blogs or YouTube videos or whatever and I've kind of like mashed them together to like it's like a recipe for that day. Um, mm. And one of them is like to ask like, what, what, what are the things that are going well? And there's, there's like three things um, that are going well. And then I do one thing that I want to improve on. <laughs> so like, like for the day um, or the, for, for the, the day. 
as a perfectionistic oh, imposter, I'll be like, and five things I want to improve I on. Know. And zero things I've done well. <laughs> like, <laughs> score a five to zero. Um, but yes, go on. <laughs> yeah. So like that kind of a prompting just helps me to kind of like set my day, um, I guess, like to your point. Um, Do you find that that strategy gets a little bit repetitive, though? Like just because like it's like every day so like certain days you're like well it's all the same like do you find that you are able don't do to it be- like yeah I definitely don't find that I do the same thing every single day gotcha. and like some days it'll just be like um like the list of things that I want to do mm. um like if I'm feeling particularly kind of like turbulent in my head then just to get things out so like different strategy depending on the day but the prompt one is the one that I use a lot and I notice that when I do it then my day actually starts off better because I'm kind of like in a better mood Mm. so that was one thing that I wanted to kind of share and just put out there um the checklist method that's the one I use a lot yeah yeah Yeah. so I resonated in a different way um the checklist method doesn't work so well for me. Oh, it works and so think, well for me because I'm an yeah. executor. So if I see same, like so I feel an extreme sense of joy when I look at yeah. my board and I can check things off yeah. or cross things <laughs> off, like yes, I'm like I've accomplished. So like when I when I check off things, I feel a sense yeah. of accomplishment. So like I'm wow. pride. I think that's what it brings for me because right. if I don't have that, then I don't yeah. take the time that millisecond to just like be like I did this and I yeah. I could maybe do like a hundred things that day and not feel it because I'm just like yeah. of course I'm expecting you're not to keeping do this. track of it. My expectation right. is here, so I you're should taking be yourself that. for granted. Yeah, I'm taking <laughs> exactly the things that you already did. Exactly, girl. That's what I'm doing. I'm taking myself <laughs> for granted, and I'm just like, I'm just, <laughs> How I'm dare just you? always doing these How things. How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> For me, when I have a checklist, literally the thing, because like, you know, for the blood journaling method, I don't know if like a lot of people are familiar with it, but I think mm-hmm. it's one of the popular like journaling Yeah, I've tried methods. bullet journaling, yeah. Yeah, so like you move the tasks that you haven't done to the next day, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, that just like keeps my focus on the things that I haven't done. So when I do a checklist, I actually don't feel good. Oh, I feel wow. like I didn't get to check off like these three things. And like they keep getting procrastinated and like I'm not doing it and then I don't feel good about it. Mm-hmm. So I scrap that. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so yeah, I think I think Ellie I think Ellie and I are on team yeah. checklist yeah. bullet points. Like well. I usually get bullet that checklist points. done. So <laughs> maybe that's like, why. Yeah, maybe like I why. when I see it on there, it's like yeah. it's getting done. And then I like I also do like a checklist type uh like I, I, I separate it to four quadrants. So there is like the urgent and important. So that stuff gets done right away because it's urgent and important. And then there's like important but not urgent. So that stuff gets pushed to second. And then there's like the urgent but not important. And I think a lot of people to do those things first. But you don't have to feel bad about not doing that stuff because it's just urgent but it's not important. And then there's Mm. the non-important, non-urgent. And like you could add that into your checklist and that's probably what you're procrastinating. So you shouldn't feel Mm. bad about that part of your checklist. So I think maybe Mm. I know the quadrant method works really well for me so I kind of um, add that into like my checklist strategy Um, but yeah I love 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 checklists and I remember reading a book called like checklist manifesto which really got me hooked on checklists oh it was about like a surgeon yeah no it was about a surgeon (laughs) that used checklists oh yes yeah and I listened to his TED talk exactly so it basically decreased like um, surgical complications because like they wouldn't have this checklist and it wouldn't they wouldn't ask each other like their each other's names or like what 
limb they're operating on and all these like surgical oh errors would happen because of it and checklists yeah. actually profoundly decreased like all these complications from happening it's such a simple thing mm. and I feel like that's what it does for my life I think it takes the chaos of my life and puts mm. it into boxes and I feel like I'm in control and I feel like um I feel like it's a healthy way to control my perfectionistic tendencies Got that it. I found works for me but I feel like journaling sometimes for me feels very um redundant and it feels sometimes uh like too routine like Mm. it feels like I can't be spontaneous and I can't um it feels too like sometimes like like rigid in a way which it shouldn't be to do it yeah Yeah, whereas I feel like a checklist is so fluid like if for me like that's just the way I see it but Mm. yeah yeah I don't journal yeah like I don't journal that frequently i still have the same journal book that i had since high school that's as far as yeah. i got <laughs> um and i'm like and i'm in a camp of like if i'm wallowing in my emotions let me just drown in it <laughs> for like a day mm-hmm. and then i'll be okay after mm-hmm. um so I, i'm more of like a feeling type like i would like i'll rather feel my emotions and my crazy thoughts to the core and then resurface out of it versus writing stuff down because i feel like writing stuff down like those emotions and thoughts make it permanent for me oh so interesting that's kind of like my perspective whereas like some of the thoughts or emotions are very temporary so like i like wallowing in it maybe cry a little bit drink too much wine or like whatever but then i resurface because it's like very temporary Mm. and i'm like okay like i'm good Mm. i took the time so So but i'm in the camp of like checklist for sure camp checklist (laughs) i feel like i need to defend this journaling thing a bit more journaling bring another journaling i totally acknowledge that everyone is you know a little bit different journaling is something i feel shame about i'm like i should journal more yeah, oh. like I should do a checklist and yes, journal. Yes, yes, that's and like, right. You're guilt yes. tripping yourself. Yeah, kind of. I remember yeah. I read this book like 5 a.m. club and I was like, yes, like I should get up at 5 a.m. I should journal, I should work out and like I should do all these things. Girl. And then basically I, I felt like a failure because like, <laughs> I couldn't it. do that. Yeah. And I remember like we were texting each other at 5 a.m. You know, yes. like, to motivate each other. Yes. And I felt and so after proud. after three days, we were just like, uh. <laughs> it was like crickets because yeah. I was not up. <laughs> I was it's really hard either, it's really silly. hard I think waking yeah. up at 5 a.m every morning um especially when you're working like a full-time job and all the other social commitments yeah. that come up um I don't know if it's like the most realistic for like where we are in our lives right now but like maybe yeah. when you're like older and have more of a um I guess routine schedule Early yeah Girl, but like when I you're older and you have late nights that. out it's gonna totally throw that off I just heard that, you know, like you're gonna do it. You, there's no reason for us to like try this right now because like some of my friends that have had babies say that like as soon as you have a baby, you like get up at 5 a.m. automatically. Oh, wow. It, it does not matter. Like why suffer yeah, now? Why suffer now? You, suffer later. <laughs> you can do it. You can do it later. You're going to be really good at it. Like you can be pro at it. You but they also to have try. to get up like every three hours. And especially yeah. when the baby's going through like sleep regression and stuff, they have to get Basically. up like a crazy amount of times. Yes. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I digress but, the conversation, but yeah. <laughs> we're talking about babies now. It's all babies good. and motherhood. It's all good. Completely different but, you know, podcast. Yeah, guys. But <laughs> needed to go down that rabbit hole a little bit. Yeah. Yes. No, but honestly, like, just, like, to wrap up the conversation, I think it was nice, um, and I'm very grateful, Yuna, that you sent us the link to figure out what kind of imposter syndrome we have, because I thought it was just, like, one, like, they're just imposter syndrome, period. Like, I didn't know, like, there were different types. Um, 
Yeah, thanks for sharing that link. And it was just like great to talk about it with you guys because I feel like talking about it is like one step forward to normalizing mm. it um, and just like driving awareness mm. and just knowing that two people that are very close to me also have some type of imposter syndrome. It's like we can hold hands and trying to like overcome together. It's not like, oh, I'm alone doing this. So um, like overall, I'm super happy that we even talked about it for our podcast episode and then talked about like some of the strategies. And I think we had like really good perspectives on like checklists versus journaling and all these things. So um, I hope our listeners also kind of took away from, hey, there are different types of imposter syndrome. Um, and if you guys want to learn more, obviously, there are more resources available. But hopefully you guys also found it um, super interesting as well. And I just want to say and reiterate what Ellie mentioned is this was just for like sharing our personal experiences and our reflections only. Like we're not experts of imposter syndrome or how to get over imposter syndrome. So it was just for us to discuss um, amongst ourselves and hopefully you found that interesting. But I just wanted to make sure I reiterate the disclaimer there. Um, but hope you enjoyed the discussion um, as we kind of navigated, reflected, and then discussed the important topic. Um, if you guys want to try this quiz, DM us on Instagram at what would Ani say. And I hope uh, we can catch you guys on our next episode. Bye. Bye.